Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The uh, Oilers' uh, young guns were out at uh, the downtown community arena. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon. And our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Turkey at 135, the new assistant GM, Brad Holland. We just had uh, Tyler Wright on talking about the draft. I'm going to go to a text here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Um, this text comes in and it says, Bob, good day. I'm thankful Mr. Holland is here. The team is looking good for once. The anxiety that the last general manager put us through is finally behind us. That one comes to us from uh, Trucker Dave. I, part of the genesis of this conversation is I referenced a tweet yesterday and talked about the fact that the Leafs have tried... In, in, in truth, Toronto's actually traded their last four number ones away. They got one back in a different trade, but they've only got one number one over the last four years, and the Oilers have got all four of their number ones. Um, and I like that. That's important to me. And I'm going to hook up right now for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, the River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. We welcome back to the show John Shannon. John, how are you? I'm great, Bob. You? Good. Uh, doesn't mean anything that the Oilers, as we're at development camp, that the Oilers have their last four first-rounders as they're gearing up here. We're all hoping this is a start, what happened this year in the playoffs where the team went three rounds deep. You know, we hear a lot about sort of the, you know, the cutting-edge managers, and at one time it was John Chaka and Kyle Dubas, and the Leafs have made lots of movement, and they've, you know, they've actually only just got one first-rounder over the last four years in their organization, and the Oilers have all four. Does that matter at all to you? Well, I mean, in principle, it's important, I think, to keep your first-round picks. I, th- I think that w- when you look at the history of the draft and the impact that uh, certain players make, you got a better chance of, uh, of of doing and working and longer into the playoffs if your first-round picks are around. Uh, that said, if you look at the Maple Leafs, there are still some quality first-round picks on that roster when you think of Morgan Riley, when you think of Mitch Marner, and you think of Austin Matthews. So from from that perspective, it becomes then a, a difference in in team philosophy of when do you go all in. Um, we've heard for the last two years in Toronto uh, that uh, the Maple Leafs are all in. And the amount of trades and aggressiveness that uh, Kyle Dubas has showed at the deadline both years uh, has indicated that, yes, he's been all in, but they haven't been able to get past the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, they gave up a number one to get Nick Felino, and yeah. uh, I don't think he impacted them the way they thought he was going to impact them. Uh, they signed Morazic, and then they realized that's a bogey, so they turn around and trade down 13 spots and out of the first round to divest themselves of that contract. And, I mean, I kind of look at what Tampa Bay has done, and and they're best of practices in in a lot of regards. They got a great amateur scout, Al Murray, that helped build that team. Steve Eisenman was really good, and Breezebaugh's taken over, and he's and he might be a little bit cutthroat, but 
he's made some deals where you're like, I mean, he basically made the same deal twice, the deal for Blake Coleman and then the deal this year for Hagel. And mm-hmm. to me, if you're going to give up your number one, and, and you know it's going to be later on number one, like a pick in the final four or five spots in the first round, getting a guy back with term at a relatively inexpensive price where he can outperform the contract and impact you in the top nine, that makes sense, right? So what they did with Coleman and then did this year again with Hagel, to me that, that would justify giving up a first-rounder, a late first-rounder. What do you think? Yeah, well... I mean, remember, I think they they traded a first rounder for David Savard too, uh, if if memory serves. Yes. Uh, uh, and and trying to to win the Stanley Cup to have to get over the top, um, and that has proved to be uh, you know very efficient for Tampa, but it also speaks to w- what their core is. Um, and you know, and they, you know, Vasilevsky a first round pick, Hedman a first round pick, Stamkos a, a first round pick. There's there's enough of a core there of of those types of players, as I think that people in Toronto think, that 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 should work. You know, and and you know, developmentally, you you look at all these teams, whether it be Colorado who won the cup, their core, for the most part, are first round draft picks. And I think that what the Oilers are doing is they're pointed in that same direction. Uh, when you think of guys like Nurse and Dreisaitl and McDavid, uh, they just, you know, there just needs to, and, and, you know, throw Ryan Nugent Hopkins in there, although he's older than dirt compared to those guys. Um, you, you know, there just needs to be some patience when it comes to getting that second tier of players to help that core. Um, so you know, it, it philosophically, I don't think teams are very different. It's it's whether the manager knows, and it's a very subjective thing, Bob. Whether the manager knows when to pull the trigger, you know, Steve Eiserman knew when to pull the trigger to get to a Stanley Cup uh, in 2015. Uh, he didn't win. Uh, Julian Brisebois has pulled the trigger a couple of times to win Stanley Cups and to get to the Stanley Cup final. Kyle Dubas not so lucky. And you have to wonder and think that uh, all along the way, there are teams that uh, understand that, understand that they have some equity to get rid of at the trade deadline in order to get over the top. And that's the measure of a team that becomes a champion. Our NHL insider, John Shannon, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. All right, John, uh, for now, the Oilers have every first-round pick dating back to Nugent Hopkins in 2011. Every first-round pick with the exception of Nail Yakupov still in the organization. Nugent Hopkins in 11, Nurse in 13, Drysaddle in 14, McDavid in 15, Paul Yarvey in 16. We'll circle back to him momentarily. Yamamoto in 17, uh, Bouchard in 18, Broberg in 19, uh, Holloway in 20, Borgo in 21, and now Schaefer in 22. So circling back to Yessa Paul Yarvey, are we at the stage where maybe it's best for everybody if the resolution is that he has moved along? Uh, I know that the heavy analytics-based fan base that's behind Yesipoljarvi does not want to see him traded. Um, we're not sure a hundred percent yet where the agency's at or the players at with that. But uh, give me, uh, give me your take. Well, you know the the frustration with with Yes is that uh, he was off to a really good start. You know, and when between COVID and injuries. That got derailed. Um, you know, the Yesel Piarvi that we saw at some point during the regular season was not the one we saw the last month of the season and in the playoffs. 
he just wasn't able to contribute to that same level. But you know what, Bob, there are glimmers in this guy. There are glimmers every time that you say, wow, who made that pass? Oh, it was Billy Harvey. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, you know, is he learning? Is he learning to use that, you know, big body better? You know, is he mean enough? We know he's not mean enough. We'd love him to be meaner. Um, I, the question becomes for me is what, at what value is he? How much will he cost you long term? Uh, and then when you look at it, is this not the time to move him and get best value for him? You know, it's you know he's he, he's a bit of an enigma to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, just because he he's everything you you want a player to be, and just can't seem to get over the hump. And can you can you be patient with him? Canada, will you are you allowed another year or two to be patient with him once you get him under contract? All right. Today we found out Pierre LeBrun reporting that Evander Kane, the orders have given Dan Milstein, his representative, uh, the opportunity to go out and uh, facilitate calls with other organizations. Um, so I'm going to pose the question. This is obviously a sign that Kane wants either too much money or too much term, that this decision has been made a couple days before. Uh, free agency. So on that note, are the Oilers better off targeting just one player to replace Kane or to maybe do what Toronto did once they lost Hyman and Toronto went out and signed three or four players. They signed Bunting. Uh, they signed Andre Kasha, who it's just broke now. That doesn't look like they're going to qualify. And Nick Ritchie. That's what they basically did is they the money that they were going to use on Hyman uh, went to Bunting, Ritchie and Kasha. Should Edmonton look at doing something like that if they can't get it done with Kane? Add David Kampf to that list, too. He was one of those other guys that sure. spent that money out of Chicago. Um, and, and what I'm led to believe, by the way, this is all about term, Bob. This is all about, you know, Kane yeah. and his people believe out there that there's somebody willing to go seven years. The moment you put the, that, that number in front of the in front of years, is that would that would keep me away from signing him as well. So if it doesn't sound like it's near as important about money as it is about the term. So from that perspective, that's what the Oilers are, are contemplating, and that's why they've allowed this to happen. Um, what, I, what I would say is, and here's the, here's the fascination, Bob, is at this point, my, my thought would be to go try to find one more body to replace those, what, prorated 44, 42 goals? I think it was the proration, right? Um, that would be my goal. But realistically, they have, once, once uh, you know, 10 a.m. mountain time on Wednesday starts, they have weeks to figure out what approach it would be. So I, I would say at this point, go out and try to find one body that can be a difference maker. But in the end, have that secondary plan of saying we can supplement this by using a couple of guys and, and improving our depth rather than improving that left side scoring. All right. So one of the players that I've suggested on numerous occasions, and I obviously like more than a lot of the listeners do, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. That's it's all good. I've always liked Josh Anderson. You know that. No, I'm hearing that. There's multiple teams. It's funny. Uh, Darren Drager reported yesterday that the Oilers were disappointed on the amount of activity on Yesa Poliarvi. 
And conversely, we're hearing that the Montreal Canadiens are getting lots of offers on Josh Anderson, and we have fans that think that Josh Anderson's no good, and yes, Paul Yarby walks on water. Shows you about perspective sometimes. Would Josh, and you, you're going to have to give up assets to get Josh Anderson. Would you be willing to do that? Tell me what the assets are. I mean, you know, he's got a, his contract is pretty steep. Five and a half um, times five more years. Yeah, his contract's pretty steep, um, but controllable, which is a positive. You know, I always viewed Josh Anderson as Tom Wilson light. Um, and, 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 you know, I remember pl- watching him in junior hockey for the London Knights playing so effectively. Um, and, but at the same time, he never reached that level um, in Columbus that they expected him to. But, you know, if you could, if you're, if you could put Josh Anderson with his skill, with his size, beside Connor McDavid, that might prove to be just as effective as Evander Kane. So that that then then the question becomes is what is the price for him? What are you prepared to give up? Again, you you know I'm not giving up a first round pick these days. I'm just not. I mean, so you're going to have to find a way to to put something together that makes it well, more you know attractive who, for Montreal. You know, and I know who they'd have to get Borgo in the deal. The Canadians. I would think so. Right. Yeah, that's but, it, that's you know, it. I, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Are you doing that? I mean, that. I mean, I just, I, that, I'm not that's sure. That's the antithesis sure. of where we started from, right? We started yep. talking about look at the position that the Oilers are in here because they've retained their first round picks. Yeah, I, I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't see a combination of second rounder and other Oilers players uh, that work. No. Like I just, and by the way, Kent Hughes for me killed the draft. He just crushed it. He destroyed it. I mean, they, they got Slavkovsky. I mean, they they basically added a six foot four winger and a six foot four center in one day. I thought, yeah. you know, I love Kirby Doc, so I thought they had an awesome yeah. draft. And, and 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 listen, on the Kirby Doc topic, I, I cannot believe Chicago gave up so quickly. Me, me too. Actually, I, I'm I can, shocked. I, I can't believe because I'm going to ask you about the final question. I'm going to ask you about is another Chicago guy. I actually don't know what they're doing. Actually, I, I do know what they're doing. They're they're burning it all the way down. That's what they're doing. Dylan yes, they D- Dylan Strom has been a relatively productive player. He's had two 20-goal seasons in the NHL. He's had a couple 50-point seasons in the NHL. Um, it appears as though he's not getting qualified, and you know, we no, got, he's not going to get qualified. He's not going to get Mark Lazarus reporting yesterday. He won't get qualified. I mean, they bought out Borgstrom. I'd even have time for him. I actually think he could be a fourth-line center in this league. But circling back to Dylan Strom, so let's assume you can't get Kane done. Do you look at Dylan, you know, and you don't want to give up any assets to go get Anderson. we got a bunch of fans that don't want Anderson anyways, even though I think he'd score 30 goals if he played here because everybody puts up numbers here. Well, if you put him beside Connor, he's going to score at least 30, I think. Yeah. So uh, Dylan Strom. Remember, Maroon had 27, not an explosive skater. Chason had 22, not an explosive skater. Guess what? Strom is a way better offensive player than either of those two guys. He's smart. He's got a real heavy shot. uh, And he's played with Connor before. And if anybody can drive Strom to push, you know, uh, the governor a bit, it's it's Connor McDavid. Would you have time for Dylan Strom? I would. What about you, John? I'm not. Uh, I'm not on that boat yet, Bob. Um, you, you know, I, I, I think his skating still is a huge issue. 
Um, and this 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 league is getting, and we we learned this during the playoffs, even in the heavy hitting. This game, this league is getting faster, uh, and it's getting faster than Dylan Strome. Uh, and I I just you know he does he have great hands? Yes, he's got great hands. But you know I, I would I would you know when you look at McDavid, let's say Drysital is a centerman. Let's say I'm not sure where you're put playing Nugent Hopkins. I I think Ryan McLeod is a faster, better skater than Dylan Strome. Oh no no no, not even close. Well, not so, even so, close. so 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 where are you? Are you putting Strome on the wing? Yes, I'm putting him in, in the top six in the left. I'm putting Strome and Nugent Hopkins on left wing. I'm moving Hyman over to right wing, and Yamamoto in right wing. John, did we lose John? Did we drop there? Yeah, it sounds like we might have. All right. Uh, all right, I think we got enough out of John. I mean, he basically gave us... So, there we go. That is John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. It's 123 at Edmonton, and we're going to get back with some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return. The Edmonton Elks are where this week? Heading off to Montreal. What day is that? What do they play Thursday, Thursday or Friday? Yeah, Thursday, yeah. Thursday, 5.30 kickoff. How about Danny Machocha? Hey? There are some pretty interesting pieces written about what happened out of Montreal there. Wow. Kahari Jones, you want to know how good of a guy Kahari Jones was? When Dave Jameson was the Edmonton uh, Eskimos PR man, the Eskimos had cut, they brought Kahari Jones in towards the end of his career. This is after he'd been a league MVP. And they elected to cut him, and Kahari Jones waited so media members could get there. He'd just been cut by the Eskimos and uh, to uh, to do his media availability. I always thought very highly of Kahari after that. Uh, yes, but Machocha is now GM and head coach. And the quarterback this week will be who for the Edmonton Elks, Brendan? Uh, it's probably Ta- looking like Taylor Cornelius this week. Trey Ford probably leading towards three weeks on the sidelines, including the bye week. So we shall see. Who, and who's and the quarterback? Else. Was it Arbuckle at start of the season? Yeah, it was. And what happened he to him? Was, well, he was pulled out of the last game. So, uh, and... Loxley, Kai Loxley is was playing slot back for them through the first five games of the season, or what? four and a half, I guess. Uh, he dropped uh, back into into the quarterback spot to to finish the last game up until he got hurt. So, I mean, I, I can't have pictured so, more of a mess than it was last. All right, Thursday. wait, wait a sec. Their starting quarterback that started the year was Nick Arbuckle. Now Arbuckle had was he with. He was with, what was he in? Where was he before? Calgary, Toronto. Where the heck was he in the CFL? Yeah, he's been in Calgary. He's been in Ottawa for a brief okay. period. Not sure he ever actually played in Ottawa okay. and uh, in Toronto as well. Okay, so he was supposed to be the starting quarterback at the start of the year, and Cornelius was the guy that finished the year last year. He's the kid from Oklahoma State with a hose, right? That's yes. what. That's what. Uh, coach was, he got a hose. He's got a big arm. Uh, a little bit of athleticism. And then uh, they bring in the kid out of uh, Trey Ford, out of CIU Sports. Yeah, Waterloo. Out of, and he, he got him the win, though the defense scored the touchdown that won the game. He gets injured. So now, where did Loxley, was Loxley a quarterback? He must have been a quarterback in college. Is that right? He, he was at Texas, El Paso, UTEP. And then okay. he uh, had his cup of coffee in the NFL as a receiver at Miami Dolphins camp. Came back up to Edmonton after getting cut there and played the preseason. Was arguably even better than Trey Ford during the Elks preseason run at quarterback. And then with the dual possession, you know how Chris Jones is. Loxley ends up playing slot back for the last several weeks. 
Wow. But we'll see. I mean, Jones turning away from Arbuckle while uh, while he was healthy enough to play the second half of that game last week means to me that we probably don't see Arbuckle start this week. Well, what do I say? you got to have a quarterback. If you want to win in football, you need a goalie to win in hockey. We haven't talked a lot about Jack Campbell or... Uh, Camper, again, my understanding is the Oilers are not deep in on uh, Camper. They are a lot in on Jack Campbell. The vehicle pipeline is moving. Our friends at Brent Ridge Ford finally have a few units in stock and more on the way. Check with Uncle Milt, Johnny, and Rich to see if they've got the right vehicle for you. If not, they can order you one to the exact specifications that you want. Hurry. The order bank's getting full. If you don't want to be treated fairly when you purchase a vehicle and get outstanding service, call a team at Brent Ridge Ford. 1-877-477-4. Ford, that's one 877 736-73. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile. Uh, again, you can text us anytime. Uh, Bob, I knew this was going to happen. If Ka- if Kane doesn't sign here, what about going after Nazem Kadri? Imagine a one-two-three punch at center like McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kadri. That's not happening. They're going to give Ryan McLeod every opportunity to be the third line center this year. Okay. He's going to be the guy. We're going to head off to Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell and Brad Holland. You're going to get introduced to him. He's going to be our Oilers Now headliner. He's the new assistant GM of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. He's up next in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.